Magic the Gathering is a difficult game, made even more so by the fact that you can talk to a longtime player and still walk away having no idea what they said. We're here to keep you up to date on Magic news and format changes just like your favorite FNM and boss would. Except you don't have to smile and nod when they talk about Karnstrucks. I'm Kyle, a tournament grinder and general modern enthusiast. I'm Anthony, a tournament grinder, FNM and boss, and lover of standard in spite of how much it loves to hurt me. And, and we're, we're the, the Goblin, Goblin Trash Masters. and good evening everyone welcome to another episode of the goblin trash masters uh i am kyle joined by my co-host and partner in crime anthony say hello to the people hello to the people i'm doing crimes mm, yes eat trash commit tax fraud yeah it's a normal <laughs> uh normal day of the week but uh today we have a couple of segments that i am going to thoroughly enjoy talking about mainly because i think they need to be talked about even more and not in just like passing glances and just like oh yeah we'll we'll talk about it uh every once in a while but uh the first one we're going to talk about is getting tilted or dealing with tilt just tilt in general and what tilt is is a slang term that's used to describe frustration and you know you just being upset while you play magic and like specifically that frustration causing you to play worse right mm -hmm. like i think and i may be full of shit here and tell me if i am <laughs> but i believe it's a reference to the tilt state that a pinball machine can go into where if you like smack into it or like bump it too hard it says tilt and then it doesn't let you use the, your flippers anymore i yeah, I think you might be right. <laughs> uh, there, So there are like pinball enthusiasts out there. And mm -hmm. if anybody that's listening is a pinball enthusiast, they're probably just fucking screaming at me. They're like, you idiot. <laughs> you don't you don't even pin. I don't I don't know what the I don't I don't, I don't, know, I don't, know. I don't know what their slangs pinball. are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who, who knows? You know, there's just a, like that random one person that stumbled upon this and said, I like goblins and trash. Oh, oh, they're getting pinball wrong. Fuck them. Because like uh, when you're playing pinball, you you bump the table to kind of give yourself some mm -hmm. extra leeway. But if you get like really mad at what's going on, you bump it too hard. It goes into tilt and it turns off mm -hmm. your flippers and it's just like, hey, you're just not able to do this. I think that it's good to define what we're talking about because yeah. and, and like specifically to say that what we're talking about is not the emotion frustration by itself. Right. Yes, it's a specific frustration in the realm of playing a game of magic or just honestly playing a game this really yeah. applies to just any kind of you know game you will be playing whether it's some competitive casual or just you know something you do yeah so like i know what i'm thinking i want to know what you're thinking on this uh why is tilt bad for me tilt is bad mainly because it just it's the frustration and butting heads because with magic it's a social game you're playing against another human. You don't really know what they're going through. You don't like, they don't really know what you're going through. And you know, there are a lot of lovely magic players and, but you're going to, you're going to run into the, the grinder. That's always angry, no matter what, when they're, whether they're winning, losing in between tilt is bad because it just, it really brings out the worst in people. And even if it's just a one-sided tilt where it's like you yourself who are getting mad, no matter what it is, whether it's like you're playing bad or your luck has been horrible or you just had a bad day, you just being mean to yourself, to other people, I think that's just a bad thing. And like we've said a lot, magic's a game. It's meant to be fun. It's competitive. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's a great competitive outlet for a lot of people. And, you know, you want to try, you want to win, but that doesn't mean you have the right to be an asshole. That doesn't give you the right to be mean. And that's not just your opponent. It's you as well. You have, it doesn't matter if your opponent had the nuts and just, you know, played a really salty card and then you just really hate and you lose You You have no right to be mad. I, I think tilting's bad just because don't be a dick. I, I don't want to sit across from a, a grown adult and they're just having a temper tantrum. And oh, yeah. I don't think, and I don't think they want to see me have a temper tantrum because, mm -hmm. oh no, they had a fatal push and I miss lethal and I lose in the next turn. Like, yeah, no one cares. It's 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 a game. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and you have to have it's it's the sportsmanship aspect of it as well. Yeah, uh, it goes into it. Yeah, like 
if you're tilting, there's a good chance you're going to act like an ass and mm-hmm. acting like an ass is bad. You, you feel bad. That feeling bad is bad. And and for me, when that frustration kind of seeps over and moves from just frustration by itself into tilt, you play worse. So if my goal is yeah. to play as well as I can, just do as good of a job as I can, then tilting like that just makes you make worse decisions like i can think of a time i was like incredibly frustrated with what i felt was like a really bad call that i had gotten in which my opponent triggers prized amalgams their board's an absolute fucking mess like Mm -hmm. disgusting like cards all over the place upside down stuff that's not tapped not organized it's all random yeah they trigger two they trigger two prized amalgams and they move them and I untap I'm 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 dead on I'm dead to anything but a top deck terminus and I hit the top deck terminus and I cast it and my opponent puts their cards on the bottom and then there is just one prized amalgam that is hanging out somewhere in between the graveyard and the board like mm-hmm. overlapping with my one of my opponent's basic mountains mm-hmm. and we call a judge and the judge is like yeah it looks like they missed the trigger to put that back into play that'll have to go onto the stack now and i was like uh oh, that's that's not right that, that doesn't seem right <laughs> yeah i appealed and not the head judge came over to back up their ruling. I was very frustrated with that. I was frustrated with how it was handled in that situation. But what I did then was I had a celestial purge in hand after they resolve the the prized amalgam on my end step, put mm-hmm. it into play. They resolve a blood moon and I float a white mana, let the blood moon resolve and then celestial purge their prized amalgam. I was just frustrated, which is a normal reaction for a situation like that. Mm -hmm. But then I allowed that frustration to let me just Celestial Purge the wrong card. Yeah, that's that's a perfect example, too. If you have to realize your frustration in those moments, like during and right after, to realize, like, look, I was frustrated. It was a tough situation. I misplayed. I acknowledge it and move on. Because if you harp on that, your frustration will manifest into something that's much worse than like, oh man, I misplayed and I got frustrated. You you can just become like viscerally angry the rest of the tournament or, you know, even after it. Oh yeah. If you don't get your tilt under control, it's the only thing that'll stop it from progressing from one game to another or one match to another is you. Mm -hmm. So like being able to kind of rein that in is a big deal. What are some of the things that cause a player to tilt and this can be like you specific or just in general i've got a few in my head for general things that cause tilt yeah i'll I'll try to keep it as like uh broad as possible but um it's more of the when you play against cards that are specifically meant to like beat your deck i think oh yeah that is one thing that can really cause tilt and sometimes you there there are a lot of players are like you know, I ran into, you know, a bunch of these cards and there's nothing going to do about it. And then there are people who run into that card a lot and then just lose their mind. Like, how dare you play that? I'm so mad. Things like that. And it's just like, homie, like you gotta, you gotta calm down. Like, especially in non-run rotating formats, like these cards are legal and you probably will play against them. And also I think playing against like, like really rude, obnoxious, or just even mean players okay like i i think that could cause that that's caused me tilt because i'm just sitting there just like like i'm just like especially when i was like early in my competitive magic career the only modern deck i had at the time was modern merfolk and i had no idea how tilted people would get when i just curved out with lord of atlantis and master of the pearl triton and things like that just like oh i hate fish and i'm like okay bye like what a, what a, what a weird thing to get upset about like it's the insane fair deck there ever was i know and it's that's the craziest thing like those little things cause till it's like i've lost to this du- or people use this um phrase all the time that drives me insane like why don't you play a real deck oh my brother in christ (laughs) like these are legal magic cards within the format that we play it is technically a real deck we've said this a lot on the podcast stop it with the metagame the evil ooh, the metagame's coming to get you no people are gonna play bad decks or good decks or everything in between when it's pioneer modern legacy there's gonna be jank that you run into and sometimes you lose Yep. Sometimes you just lose to Dredge. 
Dredge hasn't been good in years, but sometimes you just lose to it. <laughs> so that's actually really funny because one of my big things, like I feel like most instances of tilt in quotes comes down to this belief that you deserve this win and anything that prevents you from being able to record that match as a win or even that game as a win can cause that. Like there's this presumption that you should win. I'm playing against Merfolk. That deck is fucking terrible. They don't have any real interaction. Subtlety is the worst incarnation. What the hell's going on? I shouldn't be losing to this and I'm losing to it anyway because my opponent just is so lucky. If you kind of boil that down, like as far as you can, the issue there is that somebody comes into that believing that that win was theirs and something unfairly took it away from them Mm -hmm. that isn't i win i record that i won the match at the end of the at the end of our games that is i've won this match i just have to go through the motions now oh wait i've gone through the motions and i don't have it anymore something's been taken away from me i i agree with you a hundred and like fifty percent on that that that's a, a big thing that really tilts a lot of magic players that i deserve this win like I ha- I have like a 90% chance of winning this game. Um, the, how did I lose? It's like, well, even to your, you know, stats, you have a 90% chance that there means there is, it's very slim, but it's a 10% chance that you lose this game. Like, look, we've all won unwinnable matchups. We've all lost like very, very, very winnable matchups. Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah, all the, all the you know, generic, uh, you know, sports metaphors and things like that. You know, the comeback of the ages. It, we've all been on both sides of those things. But you don't deserve anything. Like, you literally don't deserve any. It, it just goes back to like, the you know, the tortoise and the hare, like, story. Magic has a lot of variance. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of tilt comes from as well is the variance of the game. And a lot of magic players will tell you like, oh, they love and hate the variance. So like myself included, I love and hate the variance. Sometimes it's with you. Sometimes it's not. You know, sometimes the gods shine upon you and other times you're, you know, you're getting thrown in the dumpster. Like it happens. <laughs> but, you know, you have to be mature you have to be reasonable and you have to realize that it's better for yourself and your opponents in the present and the future that if you are a cordial polite person to play magic against and even if you get tilted because we all get tilted we all get salty sometimes realize like look i apologize for this this is the reasoning thank you for the games good luck go from there you Mm -hmm. know i can think of a specific time where i got very unpleasantly tilted was i was playing against electro dominance oh, yeah that one <laughs> i was playing against restore balance electro dominance oh yeah i, and I was I, playing i've some, gotten tilted against that too <laughs> i was playing some really fair deck in modern and i checked their i had checked their hand with a discard spell and had like the counter magic available and went and was like, ah, eh, I can't beat an Electro Dominance off the top from them. But if I don't deploy a threat this turn, my clock is way, way shorter and I can't actually close them. And this was pre-counterspell. This was Mana Leak. So I didn't have forever. Mm-hmm. Like that counterspell wasn't going to be counter magic forever. Yeah, yeah. So I deploy my threat past the turn. They pick up the card from the top of their deck, put it, put it down on the table. It's the Electro Dominance. And restore balance me and blow up all my lands and the threat that i had just deployed and i I lost that match and uh, my opponent says good games and i was very frustrated but then that frustration went into tilt and i did the thing i was kind of an ass Uh, i shook my opponent's hand and said oh my god your hand is so wet because their hand was so sweaty. Oh my god. It was so sweaty. So like my filter was gone and I was just being a dick. I was just like mm-hmm. I said, "Oh my god, your hand is so wet. Are you okay?" Like I was being really <laughs> passive aggressive. And then I signed yeah. the match slip and I left and I was just like I feel kind of bad about that. So I did what what you were talking about. I went to my opponent afterwards and I was just like, "Hey man, I'm really sorry that I mm-hmm. was I was very shitty." That wasn't cool of me. They were really good games. I wish you luck in your next round. Okay. I'm really, again, I'm really sorry. And my opponent said to me, that's okay. My hands were really sweaty. I was very nervous. I've never beaten you before. 
I was so excited that I called my mom after the match. <laughs> oh my god! And then me there standing outside of the venue, I just slowly shrank into a corn cob. I- <laughs> oh my god! It's I- like the it's the worst thing. I th- feel like in that situation, it's like the worst thing you can hear. It's just like, oh my god, I'm such an asshole. Like, why am I like this? <laughs> I felt I felt bad beforehand. I felt. T- terrible after that oh my god that's just one of those things where it's like yeah great i don't even care what my record is i'm gonna leave like this has been real i'm out of (laughs) here oh my gosh uh yeah you know and that's like i think that's uh that's one thing we we have to realize too with when when we get tilted that it's kind of it also goes in like check your ego like Mm -hmm. you know you don't like we said we don't you don't deserve anything you're not you know the end all be all because everybody knows or has a few like one to like two players that you see at like every event or it might be at the FNM where you're just like, oh my gosh, please don't let me play against this player because I just have a horrible time because they just get so tilted and mean all the time. You don't want to be that player. No, God, no. Not only because you're consistently playing worse, but also because you're just being a jerk. Like mm-hmm. magic's a collaborative game. Like it's yeah, magic's a collaborative game. You you have to interact with other people. Yeah, like <laughs> you will you will play better and you will improve faster if you are on good terms with other like minded competitive players. And you and them are on good terms. You are more likely to exchange information more easily with others and get yourself better. You can try to play thousands of every matchup or you can just be on good terms the with the the, the competitive player in your area that plays breach and then you get insight to all Mm -hmm. the breach matchups and what to what oh i'm not sure how to beat breach with this deck i haven't gotten to test against it a bunch you ask if you're on good terms with breach guy you get to ask breach guy what matters in that matchup yeah it's like hey i face murktide at like pretty much every modern event i go to let's ask the murktide player i know they're really good with the deck and you know if you're you don't have to be friends with them you just have to be polite yeah it's it's simple just like hey yes you do it and like um, high key if you're polite enough you'll 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 probably there's a good chance you'll end up being friends with them too yeah that's that's how i met all of my friends playing magic (laughs) so we're making some hot takes here uh we've so far we've covered playing bad is bad friends are good feeling bad is bad acting like an ass is bad yes uh i this feels like an episode uh like a like a writing room for an episode of a children's show but these are very important things Mm -hmm. don't be mean (laughs) (laughs) it's that simple i didn't think i have to you know say that but um yeah so uh i've talked about how i avoid some some tilting myself and that and you know just dealing with other people is there anything like you like truly avoid when it comes to having just like your opponent salting off you know just super tilted they're just put the blinders on they're raging out all that stuff uh so if my opponent's like tilting at me Mm -hmm. i handle that differently depending on who it is like if the person that's yeah. tilting at me is a friend, a teammate, or somebody that I know and I've played with and, you know, they're part of the group, I'll basically talk to them about it. I'll tell them, I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. you're kind of being you're kind of being an ass right now. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. And like sometimes it's appropriate to, if that person's upset to kind of talk to them away from the table after mm-hmm. the match or something like that and be like, hey. I don't think the way you behaved was pretty accept- it was was acceptable. I don't think that was cool. I don't think you should behave like that. I think it's going to make you it's go I I'll, I'll I'm very forthright with stuff like this. I'll say when you behave like that it makes it makes me like you less. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's weird. It's like a lot easier to deal with like if you know the person, if you're friends with them, you know teammates what have you. It's easier to deal with tilts then because you know them and you can be like, hey, bud, you're being a dick. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you're like, "Okay, yeah, I understand that. I'm sorry. I'm just really frustrated. Things like that. It gets a little sticky when it's with just like somebody you don't know. Yeah. When it's somebody you don't know, first of all, that's my favorite thing in the world. (laughs) I love that shit. If somebody if I'm not if it's not somebody that I know and I feel responsible for, if I don't feel like I should be in a position where I can, you know, help them through that and help them deal with it better. Basically, if they ever cross the line into unsportsmanlike conduct, I'll snap call a judge on them. I do not care. Yeah. If they're just kind of being a baby, I'll try. I'll try to be nice. Bring them up to my level of just being nice and positive at the table. 
if they're not being so bad that they need a judge and they're not responding to what I'm putting down and trying to be decent and pleasant about it, I just fucking roast them right there. I'll just make fun of my opponent right at the table. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I've 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 asked people, I was like, "Are, are you a child? This is how a child behaves. Do you think that do you think that this is how a grown person acts in public? Um, I don't know, but also like other people's rage sustains me. I love that shit. I live for it. Because <laughs> I, I'm I'm not like the exact opposite, but I'm more of the uh, I I'm not one who really seeks out confrontation. Oh, look at me. I'm Kyle. I have a fully developed prefrontal cortex. I'm not chemically addicted <laughs> to what conflict does to my brain. <laughs> oh my god. No, it's it's I just I'm the I'm the horrible person who just wants everyone to be happy. <laughs> I love it when everybody's when everybody's having a good time and everyone's playing nicely, but what I really want is I want to bully people. But I'm not supposed to do that because it's not nice. But then if somebody gives me like an out to bully them, like if somebody's just like, I'm defining the terms of our interpersonal relationship across this table of magic cards. The terms of that are we will not go so far as to dip into unsportsmanlike conduct, but I will not allow this to be a pleasant game. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, if we are in that tiny overlap of Venn diagram right there, ooh, then I'm just like, (laughs) yes. I get to, I get to, it's happening. I get to be a, <laughs> I get to be an eighties ski movie villain for the next oh 50 my minutes. Gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, we just have to give you like a, a leather jacket that you have to wear to certain events. I will, you know? I wear a leather jacket to most events and a pashmina. So Anthony, how do you avoid tilt? So we talked about tilt is not frustration, right? Tilt is caused by frustration. Tilt is when frustration bleeds into and affects your decision-making. And that's where you kind of run into trouble. That's where you play worse. That's where you start acting like an ass. Because you can be frustrated and not act like an ass. You can be frustrated and not play badly. You can be frustrated and not feel awful. Tilt is when that frustration moves over from the emotional part of your brain into your decision-making part of your brain. Avoiding tilt for me isn't about avoiding frustration because you can't avoid frustration. It's you can't do it. If frustration happens all the time. For me, avoiding tilt is all about acknowledging what's making you feel frustrated. Where is that coming from? And once you kind of know where that's coming from, it's easier to then separate the emotion from your behavior or your decision making, right? In your mind, you say, why am I feeling frustrated? And you, your answer is, I'm feeling frustrated because my opponent's playing a fucking meme deck and it's stupid <laughs> and they shouldn't be beating me and they're going to win this game. That's when your logical brain can kind of yank that out of your emotional brain's hand and your, your, your logical brain can say, hey, no, remember, you're not owed any wins. You, sh- you don't have any right to expect that this is your ma- your game to win, your match to win. And at that point, once you are able to kind of sub-vocalize those things, it's easier to, to kind of leave the frustration in that emotional part and not let that emotion kind of hop over to negatively impacting your decision-making, your behavior, anything like that. Does that make sense? Oh, 110% because I have had moments where I've been very frustrated and... After the game, I real I just realized like, wow, I played horribly mm-hmm. because I was just angry. Like my, I was frustrated. I was angry. It was just all this stuff. And instead of just being having like that acceptance of like that, this these are things that could happen. Sometimes I, I get clapped by the meme deck. Sometimes you know my opponent just has every single answer, mm-hmm. and me get, being mad about it isn't gonna help me in any way play better or even try to win this game or win the next games that you play. Yeah, and that's that's a big thing. Is even if you kind of went on tilt, is you have time between rounds. Stop and think about. Take a breath. Take a breath. Think about what's going on. One of the worst things to do when you feel when you're when you're when you find yourself on tilt is to launch into the bad beat story yeah <laughs> you're basically you're steering into that emotional frustration mm-hmm. and you're not allowing yourself to kind of 
pick that apart logically and say, hey, why am I frustrated? What's going on? Kind of like circle back, talk to yourself. And it's not going to do you any favors in trying to win said tournament that you're playing in. No, God. not, Not at all. All right, uh, and that segues us pretty cleanly into the next segment that we're going to talk about, um, which is losing streaks. We've all had them. We've all had to deal with them. They suck, but it's a part of the game, especially when you're a tournament grinder. You want to like just go go to RCQs, RCs, try to qualify for a Pro Tour, things like that. Sometimes the variance just gets you. Or does it? anthony over here just like just play better (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like kyle you're on a losing streak nothing's gone your way the past few events your opponents have made the dumbest fucking decisions in deck selection card selection game actions and they get paid off for them every time they play the one of path to exile in their modern deck and a one of Terminus, and they path to exile your Merktide Regent, and they Terminus while you have a Shore up in your hand. And what year is it? I don't know. It has to be after after Dominaria because I mentioned Shore up. But I mean, like people are playing like wild cards that you they should not be playing, and they're just getting mm. your goose with them. Everyone gets to that point. Yeah, <laughs> and I think. We're, I think there's a sane and healthy way to go over this sort of stuff and mm-hmm. a, and a procedure. And because of how my brain works, it's basically a decision tree, which is which is nice. If I'm being completely honest, you know, you're you're thinking about it logically and just like going through, you know, what what is happening and not just being like, oh, I'm losing. It's because everybody else. It's not me. Instead of yeah. just like really considering all the factors, you know, which is something that you need to (laughs) yep so like flat out step one i ask are you being rotty and rotty anybody that listens to limited resources knows what that means but for those that don't rotty is rot results oriented thinking uh in this situation you're on a losing streak i'm asking you are you being rotty the reason i'm asking that is because sometimes you can just do things almost entirely right and then bad luck variance just kind of loses you games Mm -hmm. i think something really tough about this question is you need to honestly and accurately evaluate if you're playing in a way that puts you in the best position to win and you're losing anyway or if you're just playing badly and i'll give you a hint option b a lot more common than option a you know that a lot of the time people tell me their bad beat stories i am thinking to myself hmm what you're describing doesn't sound like a real board state. I think you might be not remembering this accurately. I think it sounds like there's no good reason that you should have cast that ancient stirrings that you whiffed on. Mm-hmm. For example. Yeah, yeah. There's some bad beat stories where you just go, mm, I don't think it was a bad beat. I think you just played bad. Yeah. I think you punted. Yeah. There, there are the punts and then there are the, you go back through it. You talk with a friend about it, whether they watch the you play or not, you kind of go through the game. And, you know, when you're talking with your friends, I, I hope, I hope they're honest with you about your play and not like, oh no, yeah, it was, it was, it was all their fault. You, you did perfectly. I hope they mm-hmm. give you some constructive criticism, but it's, it's like you said, the decision tree or just like, you know, you kind of stepping back and just going through all the factors and not just being like, it was bad beats. We're like, okay, seeing it from that perspective, I played kind of badly. And there are other times yeah. where just like, if they had it, they had it. This is what my hand gave me. This is yeah, how the board to my came outs. out. I played to my outs. And yeah, sometimes, you know, there's just a well-placed ley line binding on the correct target and you just lose. <laughs> I think that with situations like that, if you can confidently say, man, I feel like I'm consistently making the right choices and I'm getting blown out anyway, being upset about that is kind of results oriented, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about how to avoid being results oriented in the next step. But for the most part, 99.99% of the time, you did not play perfectly. And you've got to hope that the people that you're friends with and are talking to are a comfortable, like you said, telling you, no, 
that was a bad play. You could have played around the spell pierce by just casting this spell first in your turn. You didn't have to leave yourself dead to spell pierce. Mm -hmm. And B, hoping that they're competent enough to notice it. Yeah, 100%. Because, you know, if you surround yourself with a bunch of, you know, subpar magic players and you tell these stories and try to get better, it's it's going to be continuing the, the cycle of like, oh no, it's it's bad beats, it's everybody else, it's not. But if you're surrounded by a lot of competent magic players and, you know, people who want to get better, you know, you're going to actually get constructive criticism mm-hmm. and, you know, just check your ego. Sometimes yep. we make mistakes. Sometimes we play right into the, into the spell peers. Sometimes, you know, we... We just play horribly or just really don't play to our outs, like really don't think about it, you know, don't think through your turn, play really fast or just, Mm -hmm. you know, like we said, get frustrated and things like that. You have to realize that it can be a multitude of things and not just, oh, it's bad beats. Yep. And I I think I think when somebody comes to you with stuff like that about. Uh, a subpar play you want to make sure that your focus is on getting it right not on having been right Mm -hmm. because the number of times you know somebody's asked me about something that i've said yeah i think that you could have just you know minus your carn went and got uh haywire might and haywire might of that thing and then just kind of give them a uh, give them a draw step to kind of get back onto parody you're just ahead on board and they tell me uh yeah well i didn't i minus the karn and i got a god pharaoh statue instead because and you can hear them thinking about the justification as they're telling it to you i'm just like no that wasn't what was going through your mind at the time you're synthesizing this as you're talking to me right now Mm-hmm. Your focus was on you want to have been right, not you genuinely want to find out what the right play was. Mm-hmm. Because in in Magic, the decision trees are so nebulous. I guarantee you, you did not make the most optimal play. None of us are making the most. The only time you can honestly say you played perfectly is when you mulligan to one and you play don't the hit card a land in your drop. hand. Yeah, <laughs> that's when you know that you have made the most optimal optimal decision every time. Mm-hmm is if you just like don't get to make any decisions Mm -hmm. if your play is the issue there that's a magic skill issue that's something you can address that's something you can get better at addressing them is straightforward but not easy they take a lot of effort they take a lot of time and you very well could if you're on this losing streak and you correctly identify hey i'm not playing very well you can look at that and say i'm not playing very well i'm not achieving the success i want to achieve and I'm at I'm playing at the RCQ level, for example. Mm-hmm. You can look at that and say, wow, I realistically need to be putting in like 15 more hours a week on this to really kind of get myself up to snuff. You can look mm-hmm. at that and say, I'm not willing to give this another 15 hours a week. That's okay. We got that covered, right? Mm-hmm. If you say, hey, I do want to put in that effort. Keep listening, because that's basically the, the concept of what we're doing here, talking about yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on the whole episode, on the whole show, not even this episode is focusing on how to get better. So getting better is a matter of getting in your reps, reading content, talking to other players and just playing, playing the game and playing mindfully. Yeah, playing. I think that just playing is the best thing. And, you know, you 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 hear that it's like that's like a little like on the nose, right? It's like. Yeah, but when you really think about it, it's like you're only going to get better if you do it. Like yeah. when I was in art school, training to be an illustrator, graphic designer, all that thing, I was just like, oh, there's like some magic class I have to take, right? And every single one of my professors, all of my colleagues up until now, be- being an artist for like a decade plus now, it just comes out. You just got to do it. You just got to draw. You mm-hmm. just got to actually be prolific, be active. And it's the same thing with magic. If you want to get better, just play magic. It's as yeah. simple as that. But you have to be mindful about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, like we've said in the past, practice the right way, all those things. And a magic skill issue, it's fixable. It's, you know, it's you, you can you can get better at magic if you put in the in in the man hours and the practice. Yep. And you you can talk about your like your 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. And like you can get in your reps. I think it's really really important to make sure that you're getting in those reps mindfully. Otherwise who cares? Yeah. You can you can swing a baseball bat for 10,000 hours. You're not going to be very good at playing baseball. Like you need to have some idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I think they're all important. I think talking to people 
that stuff is important. I think really having a detailed discussion of the games, discussion of your mistakes is invaluable. Mm -hmm. But if you get to this point and you look at it and you say, I really honest to goodness believe that this is just bad luck. I think I'm putting myself in the position to win and it's just not working out. And I don't think I have meaningful percentage points to gain at this point by more prep Then just keep playing and your results will even itself out and you'll find yourself winning at a rate that's appropriate to the level that you're playing at. Like if you're playing perfectly, you're going to win, I don't know, 98% of your games at FNM. You're going to win 70% of your games at the RCQ level. You're going to win 60% of your games at RC, like the regional championship level and those big events. And then you're going to win 55 at your PT. If your numbers are consistently not there for those levels of play i hate to break it to you but you are not playing as well as you think you are Mm -hmm. and it's it might be a tough pill to swallow but sometimes you gotta look in the mirror and be like okay maybe maybe it's maybe it's this maybe i suck at this and i need some more practice Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of variables but just kind of fall into that law of big numbers and assume that Mm -hmm. if you give something enough data points, eventually it'll settle out towards what you expect. And those percentages that I gave are pretty rough percentages, but Mm -hmm. that's like what you would expect the win percentages to be for just the best players in the world, the players that are playing as close to perfectly as possible. It's, It's one of those things that everyone plays worse than they think they are at the moment that they are playing. You know, everyone's, mm-hmm. you have blind spots, you are missing things. Um, just kind of, if you look at a small sample of a few months and you're getting frustrated that you're losing and you're looking back and you're just like, I really think that I'm just playing, I'm just getting unlucky, then yeah, just give it some time. Give it some time, things will even out. But either way, I then move on to step two. And step mm-hmm. two is a big one and it's a big like holistic thing. That's where do you find the value you get out of magic? So if you had to think about it, there's there's a few things that I can think of. Traveling to events is a way to get value out of magic. Brewing and playing wacky cards, social capital, winning or uh, prize money. Now, if your thing is prize money, please uh, just y- please yeah. just get a job at like Frisch's big boy. You will make more money waiting tables than you will playing magic. You're the amount of like if you break it down per hour because uh guess what the people that are winning large events and getting you know the best five of the figure best paychecks yeah yeah that event might have been 18 hours but you get you better not just say uh their prize total divided by 18 is their hourly rate because it's fucking not they put in Mm-mm. so much time outside of that event mm-hmm. to be able to consistently perform at that level mm-hmm. and when you break it down nobody that is consistent no one's consistently making more than minimum wage playing magic mm-hmm. like that. and when the pros are making money as like you say pro magic players it's not just playing magic there's so many other things most of them are content creators they have yes. other jobs like it's not just hey i'm really good i'm gonna play this game and go to tournaments and get mm-hmm. prize money Yeah, that's not the case. So for me, one of my big things is I love the travel. Like I love traveling to magic events. Mm -hmm. And that means that I get to have a great time on these events, even if I do shitty, because I found one of the places I get a lot of value out of magic. And that's that's the traveling to events with my friends. And that means that I steer into that. I know that that's where I find a lot of value in the game. Mm -hmm. So that means I take the lead on booking like hotels, organizing people, planning dinners together, making sure everyone has all the cards they need and organizing that sort of stuff. I love it. It's so much fun for me. And then I still get an enjoyable weekend, even if I owe to shit the bed drop. Mm -hmm. And I feel that I feel the same way. It's the traveling. It's the going to places with friends. And like you said, I I, I'm just happy to be here. If I owe to drop or if I just have probably one of the worst tournaments or if I top eight, I still have a great time because up there. I'm playing a game I love with my friends. I'm in a new place. It's an adventure, all that thing. And, you know, it's a competitive outlet for me. I played sports for a long time. You know, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it, but it was never really for me. I never had that like same competitive drive that I have when I play at magic tournaments. But 
at the end of the day, I enjoy winning. I enjoy the competitiveness of it, but it's fun. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest question you should ask yourself is, are you having fun? Yeah. And that's really what I want to get at with something like this Mm -hmm. is like, where do you find the value? Human beings respond to stimulus like any other creature. We seek out reward and we shy away from punishment. The punishment Mm -hmm. is feeling bad about what's going on and the reward is well you decide what the reward is you decide what the value you're getting is Mm -hmm. you decide what the upside is so i know that for both of us it sounds like like traveling's uh being able to travel and go places with friends is a big one Mm -hmm. uh but like what if you really do genuinely find value in winning if you if you find value in winning do you think it's even possible to kind of still have fun while being on a bit of a losing streak in magic? I think you can, but you have to be mindful of, you know, that that slippery slope that you're you're on with this where it's like it's all about winning, things like that. Cause it's it's not because you'll alienate yourself from like say your groups of friends or you're not gonna be able to travel with people if you're just so consumed with winning. And I think it's it's okay to take a step back. Like if, if you just like, I just want to do this. I want to win. I want to do all this stuff. That's fine. But if you're on a losing streak, don't force it because you're not going to get what you want out of the game. And it's just going to really affect your personal life. Not only your, your magic life, really. Yeah. Yeah. You'll just be so bummed. Like, yeah, exactly. I think that it's possible to, if your goal is winning kind of, you can redirect a lot of that if your value that you find in magic is you just really like winning games you're just a very competitive person mm-hmm. and the, the the act of winning is what you really that's your reward that's your your value you get you can just adjust that value judgment right mm-hmm. you can pretty neatly redirect that into improving magic is not a zero variance game it is not chess the best player does not win every time the player who makes the most best decisions does not win every time correct just imagine that you're playing against yesterday's version of yourself am i better than i was yesterday and i'm not talking about like results i'm talking about like the quality of your decisions are you Mm -hmm. making better choices and making better plays than you were yesterday Mm -hmm. and you know it'll go up it'll go down it'll 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 seesaw a bit but you want to be on a general upward trajectory Mm -hmm. like bring it back to to myself you you and i talked about this just as me as a player where like you met me in 2018 more of acquaintances things like that and then we started to get to know each other going from there and you've seen me grow as a magic player and i think it was after that that weekend that was like the team event and the pioneer like back to back where you just said like hey would you ever think like kyle from two three years years ago would be here you know and i said no not at all and you know i enjoyed that journey and i focused that wanting to win that competitiveness that i have in myself to just like you said focus on you know the grind of it the bettering myself because me playing magic in 2019 and me playing magic in 2023 it's completely different oh yeah it's completely different that's and that's that's good places to be and mm-hmm. like you can find value in just about anything in magic it doesn't have to be oh, yeah. any of the things we've mentioned you can find anything that you really value in magic think about how it relates to your results and then think about how you can separate that from the results right Mm-hmm. If your value that you find in magic is separate from the results you get playing magic, you will be able to control how you feel, even if you're on a losing streak. And step three, the last one I've got is focus on your value. This sounds super redundant. It's like, yeah, we just talked about finding your value. Now you're telling me to focus. That's because this is the hardest one. Yep. When you focus on your value, you're able to find the joy that you feel in the game, regardless of your results, regardless of your outcomes. This is really hard to do. Like really, really it's hard. Really hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> I think we all have uh kind of this aspect of the game. We all have this like, well, somebody comes up to you and says, like, hey, you really like magic, right? It's like, yeah. It's like, well, why do you like magic? And if you're sitting there going like oh man i've never really thought of it like that or like what do i really like like it's a fun game but you can't really pinpoint like oh why do i like it like why do i like this game and most of the time when people tell me i i know my answer i'm like i love the game 
I like the competitive aspect of it. It's been really fun. I've met a lot of great people. I've enjoyed the social aspect, the traveling. I think that's really a great way to know if you've if you've been able to successfully find your value, find mm-hmm. your reward in magic, is if somebody without any knowledge of magic comes up to you and asks you, why do you like magic? If you can answer that quickly, then you're really cognizant of the value you are looking to get out of magic. If you Mm -hmm. hem and haw and you kind of need to explain what a life total is, you're like, except for then there's these poison counters. (laughs) You, you, you haven't, you haven't like really crystallized what your Mm -hmm. value is in magic. You're kind of talking yourself through it there. But when it comes time to focus in on your value, that's the point that I think that the concept, the decision of a sabbatical should come up. I don't think you should be considering a Mm -hmm. sabbatical until you've gotten through step one and step two, and you've gotten here on step three. If you find that your frustrations you're feeling with the game are outweighing the value you're getting out of it, that's the point where I would suggest take a break, take a break Mm -hmm. from the game. And I suggest taking a break from the game in a very specific way. I suggest you set yourself a decision date, literally fucking mark that shit on your calendar Mm -hmm. and say it down. Don't just think about it. Yeah. Pen to paper. <laughs> April 15th, I'm going to check back. That's a month mm-hmm. away. That distance can help you consider things, put them into perspective. And on that date, reevaluate. Ask yourself, I'm thinking about going back to FNM this week. Does the prospect of returning to the game in search of my found value that I've decided on, does that sound like fun? Mm-hmm. And if it does, hop back in. If not, set another decision date. Kick that can down the on the road a month Mm -hmm. and if you find after three decision dates you keep saying no that's the time to sell your collection like Mm -hmm. if you're going to sell your collection that's when you're just like okay i think i have grown out of this the average magic player has a lifespan in the game of about eight years yep um i have outlived that i'm bringing the average up for everyone (laughs) so just keep in mind that people move through things all the time like there's plenty of times where you're just like nah this isn't this isn't for this isn't for me um which is fine too you know which is fine yeah but i encourage you to to give yourself a couple of those decision dates before you fire sell your collection don't do it like on a whim and just like you know what i'm done and then you know three weeks later you're like hey uh, i need to build this deck again because i want to go play at fnm or like this Mm -hmm. rcq things like that because you have to really you have to think about your decision before you actually make it especially with this because you know magic is an it's a hobby but it's an expensive hobby you know you you don't want to like do something rash and get you know get rid of your collection or just be like you know i'm done with magic forever but you know, really have that hard talk with yourself, you know, and you know, we, we've had some friends where it's just like, hey, I think it was the best thing for you to like take a step back and probably you're not getting what you want out of magic. You know, yeah. it's not it's not really working and, that, and that's fine. It may not be for you and you just may want to do it every once in a while, have it be casual or you just be like, you know what? I used to love it. Not so much anymore. And that's totally fair. And I've had plenty of folks that have stepped away for six months and then come back and then reinvigorated reinvigorated (laughs) and been like ready to go Mm -hmm. and hyped about it because like they just had so much trouble breaking themselves out of that doom spiral that doom spiral Mm -hmm. of i didn't get the results i wanted i'm not getting what i want out of this game i feel bad i'm playing worse my results are worse i'm getting less of what i want out of this game that's making me feel worse and i'm playing even worse and Mm -hmm. it just kind of keeps going just yeah that circle that never ends just uh, that doom spiral as you said (laughs) but sometimes you can just break out of that give yourself Mm -hmm. a little sabbatical and then come back to it and coming back to it i found when i've taken a break from the game my break lasted like seven years because i was in a doom spiral caused by the magic the gathering card icarid oh Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) A lot of people had that doom spiral with that card, though. (laughs) I ended up taking a step back and then going back in. And I came back in right around like a Lara block. And I just Mm -hmm. fell back in love with that game. And I I can honestly say I don't think I've gone longer than than a week without interacting with magic in some way since then. Yeah. And you can you can you can be reinvigorated by it and you can come back and you can be like, yes, this is good. My suggestion, based on my experience, based on what I've talked to other people, is that that first time you're kind of jumping back in, be really, think think really a, an awful lot about when you ask yourself that question, does the prospect of returning to this game in search of my found value sound fun? Think about if you're like, I'm not sure. Think about maybe it sounds fun, but you have like, you're, you're, you're having some like executive dysfunction where you're not 
like you're not wanting to kind of take that first step and go back in, mm-hmm. just be gentle with yourself. Keep in mind that inertia is the second most powerful force in the world. You may need to give yourself a little nudge to get yourself back in. Mm-hmm. If you're like, if you ask yourself, does the prospect of returning to this game and search my fa- value sound fun and you're just not sure, give yourself a nudge, go to the, go to the event, go to the FNM and play mm-hmm. and see how you feel when you come back. Yeah. It's not like easing yourself in it where it's like, I'll just play a couple of games with some friends on like, you know, a Saturday night and we're bored. Like, no, like you said, the simplest event you can go to is just an mm-hmm. FNM, especially yeah. if it's like, you know, you know, a lot of people there like yeah. um, with me, like I'm the same way. I don't really take that big of breaks but with the last uh season of rcqs it was it was a little rough for me and you know like i need to take a break i, I don't want to get even more frustrated things like that the holidays were there visited family all that took about like two week break and i'm like you know what? i'm gonna go to fnm see how i feel then just played a different deck had some good times with friends and it felt great it yeah. it was invigorating it was just i eased mm-hmm. myself into it i'm not like oh i'm just gonna go play in the next rcq or something or like play in a 1k or thing like things like that i'm like oh, i'm just gonna go play with friends on a Friday yeah. and see how I feel. And it was great. I felt a lot better. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good thing. I think be mm-hmm. gentle with yourself, but kind of give yourself a little nudge when your decision day comes up. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a little nudge and be like, OK, I'm going to really give this a shot and see how I feel about it. And then afterwards you can say, hey, that was great. Or, yeah, I really didn't like that that much. Mm-hmm. It's even easier to tell if you like come back from a hiatus and you go like, oh, four and you're like, yeah, that was a blast. And you're just like, OK, that's that's, you know, you're ready to come back. That's when you, you know, 100 percent know you're ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that that nudge is going to be tougher for some than others. Like Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before. My brain is broken. The starting things is always ridiculously unpleasant. I love, love going to magic events. I hate leaving for magic events. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way, Uh, especially when I work on any kind of design or illustration project, whether it's personal or for, you know, freelance or anything like that. The starting is harder than me actually doing the work. Once I start, like, Kyle's been gone for five hours. Go, mm-hmm. go, go throw a rock at him. He needs shit. Yeah, he's got shit to do. Like, you know, it, <laughs> you get in the feedback chain where you yeah. get a little thing that's a little positive feedback, mm-hmm. also known as your reward, kind of mm-hmm. like what we've been talking about. And then yep. it's easier to kind of keep that going. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's also a spiral, but it's one of the good, it's a good it's spiral. It's a good spiral. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good spiral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our guessing game for tonight is going to be called Tilt a Whirlpool Warrior. What we're going to do is we are going to share the card that we find the most tilting. The the card that has caused the most tilt for each of us respectively. And we're going to just do that where you can you you give out some hints and the other player gets to ask yes or no questions to try and clarify what it is and we're going to see if we can figure out what each other's card is that has caused the most tilt. Uh, Kyle, you can go first, but I understand you have an honorable mention. I do have an honorable mention. It's a card I've actually played with, but I have also been tilted by it because of what it does. And it's just, uh, I hate to say it because it's one of my favorite magic cards of all time, but it's Karn the Great Creator. Because mm. it is good in the strategies that it's good in and it also simultaneously ruins the strategies that it's good in (laughs) it's kind of like an artifact self-hate card like how mystical dispute is self-hate for blue yeah but yeah karn karn is definitely one of the uh the definitely an honorable mention uh for for a very tilt worthy card but the one that i will have you guess is i'll give i'll give you of, I'll tr- I'll try to not give you as much information as I usually do in this game. I try to uh, I tend to overshare and like you get it immediately. But um, it is a creature. It is a new card, and it 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 is evasive, and it it is under three mana. A new card, evasive creature under three mana. Under three means two or less. And by new card, do we mean Midnight Vow forward? Because I don't have any here. Let me let me rephrase that. It was printed in 2021. Yes. Okay. Around that time. 
Yeah. Uh, so newer. Yeah. What's that came out in 2021? It was after War of the Spark, right? I mean, War of the Spark came out in 2019. I tell years based on sets, <laughs> not the other way around. So thinking about what's... Now, it might, it might not be in a standard set, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. Evasive creature, possibly not in a standard set. Is it from one of the Modern Horizon sets? Yes. Evasive creature is it from modern horizons 2 is that when that came out yes and you said it's it's mana value is two or less correct Mm -hmm. okay okay modern horizons 2 evasive mana value two or less rats that cuts off vesper lark um (laughs) is it a blue card no is the evasion unblockable yes an unblockable not blue card from mh2 two mana i think you're gonna be real mad when when you uh, get probably it. um is this currently played is this currently being played in uh in modern yes Ooh. okay so not blue is it two cmc or two mana value yes okay it's yes two mana value is two. Oh. oh god i know what this is um does it <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Um, Man, I even talked about this guy earlier in the thing, and I'm blanking on the name of him. It's the 3-2 Black Black Shadow. uh, Yep. Dothy Voidwalker. That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, my fucking God. Every time I play against this card, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to lose. I'm just, I'm just going gonna, gonna to lose. Uh, I'm going to try not to lose my friends and just get through this goddamn game. Yeah. <laughs> mainly, and it's it's not even the fact that I've mainly been playing Yawgmoth. That, I mean, when I when I see that staring against me and, you know, I have two Strangleroot guys, so I'm just like, I hate it here. But just playing against Dothy Voidwalker, I'm just like, oh, please don't get anything good out of my deck. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that it's a 3-2, like, it doesn't even matter that it can't block. It's just a clock. You you can't you have to remove it or else you're just dead. All right. I have an honorable mention as well, and my honorable mention mm, is oh. Blood Moon. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that should be on everybody's salty I, list. I just think <laughs> that, that card just has no place in modern card design, and clearly Watsy thought so as well it because wasn't. they didn't <laughs> they reprinted it once in 8th edition. It's just kind of teetering on the edge of modern legality because of that. Which is kind of annoying. Well, uh, you know how this, the whole story with Blood Moon, right? The only reason it was printed into Eighth Edition is because they did a poll, and it was a they, uh, the players voted on what cards they wanted to be printed in Eighth Edition, and the top two that got the most votes were Ensnaring Bridge and Blood Moon. <laughs> now, I love Ensnaring Bridge, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my uh, real pick is. A my real pick is a creature that sees play in modern okay. and saw play in standard. So it saw play in standard and sees play in modern. Mm-hmm. And it's a creature. And it is a said? creature and it is a two one. Two one. Does it have like like any keywords like flying, first strike, things like that? Yes, it has keywords. No, it's not either of those. Haste? It does have haste. Ooh, so um is it a red card? No. Oh, so it's a two-one with haste. Not red. Is it not red? And is it two mana? Yes. So two mana, two-one haste. Not red. I think we're just gonna go. Is it um green? Yes. Is this Strangleroot guys? It is in fact Strangleroot guys. That's the really. I hate it so much. <laughs> oh my god. It's one of my most favorite cards. <laughs> oh, uh, story time. I have to know. I Why just, is that one so tilting? I spent that entire Dark Ascension standard just being like, I cannot wait until this rotates. <laughs> I was playing like, you, I was playing like gut shot decks. Uh huh. And believe it or not, paying two Make life, your opponent's creature make three, two. Make your opponent's creature bigger. <laughs> <laughs> sucked so much and it had haste so it just like lined up really well to race me a lot of the time mm-hmm. and i hated that card i was just like oh no matter God. what i'm doing 
like the haste made it line up well against vapor snag Mm -hmm. it was two mana so i was only going plus one mana on that exchange tempo wise um Mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't buying me a whole turn cycle like it would if it didn't have haste it got bigger if it died it traded with it traded with geist to saint traft um yeah either very side true. Yep. there's no really good way to kind of get it out of the way for guys to saint draft it just like i just oh i just hated it so much it just that's so funny it just uh, and what was it tilting just like in standard like do you like have you, i don't know if you've really played against it like in modern like yeah in the, Yogg-Moth like the Yogg-Moth but you, you haven't been like tilted when you you see a strangle root or or do you just get like those like oh great this fucking card i get oh great this fucking card because i don't know what it is about me but for some reason the strangle root guys beatdowns is just always a good play against is always a good plan against me in any format like i just got like somebody was doing like nick fit pod and legacy at one point and just like beat me to death with the strangle root geist (laughs) you even you even got strangle root beats while playing legacy oh yeah that card just fucking hates you yeah like (laughs) hey we we all have that one card and yours is the strangle root guys that's strangle root geist That is just something I just was not expecting. Oh my God. (laughs) Signing off from Lexington, I'm Kyle. I'm Anthony. And until next week, do us a favor. Stay trashy, my friends.